Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. My name is Kimberly Beer with Be More Business. And I'm Kara Taylor Swift with Fast Horse Photography. What are we talking about today, Kim? We are talking about joint ventures. So we have been on our own little personal joint venture sure <laughs> with the Business Animal Podcast. And joint ventures are a great way to grow your business. So before we even get into our big three, let's define what a joint venture is. Because that's right. We said we were going to do a better <laughs> job about defining our podcast at the beginning before we jumped into our big three. So let's get it right. Let's get it right, right from the beginning. So our, uh, what is it, which I guess is a new segment on the podcast. What is it that right. we're talking about? We're talking about combining your efforts with like-minded complementary businesses. So you both can succeed faster and easier. So now that we know what joint ventures are, Kara, do you want to share the big three for this episode? I sure do. I'm so proud of us being so efficient today. Yeah. So let's talk about the big three for joint ventures. Okay. First of all, number one, joint ventures are high octane fuel for building your customer base. Big three, number two, doing things with a joint venture partner means you can split the labor at an event, a promotion, or for a project. And number three, be strategic about how you choose as a joint venture partner. So let's dig in. Yeah, absolutely. So a little more qualification on what makes a good joint venture, because you can get a little lost in this between what's a joint venture and what is a collaboration. So the criteria that you're going to judge on that you're creating a joint venture with another person is that you're both sharing expenses and profits in whatever the endeavor happens to be. In other words, you're not paying that person or they're not paying you. That kind of bridges over into something that's more along a sponsorship and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things where you're going to split these things 50-50. You're both going to put in work, you're both going to put in money, and you're both going to take a profit out of it. Another criteria is that you both need to have assets. So everybody needs to bring something to the table in a joint venture. Now that can be different, right? These are joint ventures and we're gonna talk about this more in depth in a minute, can be a great way for you to get your business off the ground if you're just in a launching phase. So that means you could joint venture with somebody with a bigger list, but you need to bring your unique set of skills or a unique product or a unique perspective to that relationship that benefits the other person in an equally important way as the number of people. So for some of you, what you bring to the table is all of that work and effort that you've created are done around creating your database and your contacts and your customer network. For others of you, it's going to be bringing your time and your talent into that relationship. Or some some other unique asset or maybe you have a great location yeah great yeah maybe you have a great location that one of the partners in the joint venture wants to have access to that hasn't been able to get access to it so even a location can be an asset absolutely so assets are important and they should be as equal as possible in value not just like both of you have a location would make sense but equal in value so if you have a great location and the person you're joint venturing with has a really big database of customers with a tight network, 
that makes for a good joint venture partner. You also need to share a like-minded target market. The goal here is to utilize each other to bring both of you more business. And when you go about that, it needs to be somebody who would be appropriate for both businesses. And both businesses need to be able to benefit from that cross-promotion, right? So we've got to have a like-minded target market. And finally, that your businesses are complementary and brand aligned. That piece is super important because you want your customers that are going to be experiencing this other business, you want them to feel like that's a very seamless experience for them, like it really integrates with who they are, who they know you are, and that it's something complementary to their experience with whatever they're doing with you. So we have a couple of examples that we would like to bring up. One is our very own podcast, right, Kara? <laughs> That's right. Our podcast is a great example of just a way that we've collaborated together in a joint venture. And we both have, you know, we do two different things, but we serve a similar audience. So it made sense for us to come together. Absolutely. And and we both have expertise in certain areas. Like I had a lot of expertise in website development. So that brought something very valuable to the relationship. Kara has a great background in being able to research things, <laughs> which I don't do so well. So that means that we have fuller, richer episodes. So we both brought something kind of from our own businesses and our own personal expertise into the relationship and then we both also we split the expenses for this project and we we both have to devote time to it and when you find a good joint venture partner there are people who show up and I've been very happy to say that for both of us I feel like we're both showing up for the podcast and in each other and we've developed a, a really beautiful deeper friendship out of this experience as well and we're seeing new ways to collaborate with each other and that's where joint venture partnerships get so important right the goal is you want to grow both of your business businesses and your mindset and your skill set, hopefully. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Some other examples that we've seen uh, in terms of collaborations are a doggy daycare that collaborates with a groomer to provide an elevated level of service to both clients, giving the groomer access to animals that they might not have been able to get access to prior and building their clientele base as well. Yeah. And the doggy daycare in that instance, they can provide a concierge service to their customers that further endears them. And that's just, again, beneficial. They can send each other business when the groomer's grooming the dogs that aren't in the doggy daycare. They can say, hey, I have this great doggy daycare I work with. In that case, there might be a little bit of a kickback for every customer that they bring, or maybe the groomer because they have so many dogs in one spot to be able to groom at the daycare, they offer a discounted rate and then the daycare can keep that or pass it on to their customers depending on what they want to do. Another one we talked about was the feed store and the horse trainer maybe holding a virtual event where the horse trainer provides maybe a clinic or a round pin demonstration with a giveaway and then the feed store gets the expertise of the horse trainer and the horse trainer gets 
gets access to the feed store's connection of, of network within the community. And that happens a lot. Or the feed store gives an educational seminar around nutrition and product and that sort of thing. We've seen some of that here in our area. And it's been a, it's been really beneficial to their mutual clients to be able to have access to both of those resources at the same place. Yeah. And there's a big example of this probably in your neighborhood if you want to take a look. And that's the Purina How seminars. There are horse owner workshop seminars. There's a lot of those. I don't know. Do you have those in your area, Kara? We have a lot of them here. I don't know that we do. I'm going to have to look now. I don't know that we do. They used to be a lot more prevalent. Um, they had an actual team. I don't know if they still do that or not. They have years and years ago, I used to photograph their team for the Purina experts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got to meet some great horse celebrities that way. <laughs> I got to meet Chris Cox was oh, actually wow. one of them for a while and I got to know him and I don't know if he's still on the teams. But that's an example of how you can create a synergy between two businesses. And large corporations do use this on a frequent basis because it gives them ability to borrow benefit of the trust the customers have in that particular feed store or in that particular service provider and then they bring in talent and then the talent is able to also build a business off of it as well. So joint ventures can be super small, like the one between Kara and I on the podcast, or they can be huge with corporations involved and really expand your business on a level that you weren't even aware that you could accomplish. Yeah, so there are lots of benefits to joint ventures as well. I think sometimes in the animal world, we are on our, and I know I say this all the time, we're on our little island, we're doing our little thing, and we forget that there's other businesses out there that are sharing an audience that could also benefit from our business. They're not in competition with us, but it's a way to work together to bring greater value to the industry. So there are a lot of benefits to that within that. So one example is access to new markets and new potential clients or consumers that are out there looking for your service. It can really help you grow your business a lot faster and you can cross promote within each other's networks. That's what I think is so important when we go back to the business that you choose to collaborate with needs to be complementary and aligned with your brand because to some extent, when you work together, you're representing each other in a way and you are aligned. And so if you team up with somebody that has really different values than you, than your business, then your customers might be different or you might start to be perceived as similar to that business. So take your time, you know, in selecting and get to know a little bit and spend some time with the company that, you know, the other business that you want to venture up with. Also sharing the risks in your collaboration and then sharing the costs that could potentially come through and that can look differently. You may be, some people may be bringing product to the table or, you know, bringing that skill set or that expertise. But if there are costs associated with it, you know, thinking about how to do that in a way that works for both parties. Another benefit is just the general access to new knowledge or specialized staff that are trained in certain areas. You know, I'm a, an equine photographer, so if I collaborate with someone, there is a skill set that I'm bringing that is not a skill set that just everyone has. And it's the same when you're working with you know, if I work with a veterinarian's office or if I work with some kind of horse trainer, I mean, they're bringing a skill set that I don't have. 
to the table. And then, you know, of course, there's different perspectives and strengths, and it's just such a benefit. Additionally, access to new equipment or technology, having access to maybe gear that you wouldn't normally have access to or technology that is really pricey. And if the two of you guys can team up together, I mean, we do that with the podcast a lot, like pulling in each other's resources to to get the job done. The problem solving side of a collaboration is huge. I think you cannot underestimate that when you bring, anytime you bring people together to sit down and solve a problem or to get something done or to to reach a common goal, you're bringing in those new viewpoints that maybe you didn't consider or your team hadn't considered, but just having that outside knowledge can make all the difference. And a lot of times you're not just solving the problem, but you're taking it to the next level. You know, you're transcending what you originally thought was even possible when you first got started. And I think, you know, with our podcast, you know, we had original idea of what we were going to do. And then the things that are coming from that in terms of, you know, listener feedback, the things that we have learned together is moving us to that next place. That is so much better than where we thought we would end up. It's just so much better. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's another part of this. Another huge benefit that you can get out of joint ventures is that you can lift each other up. Being an entrepreneur, as we have stated many times on this podcast, and you all very well know, it's not always an easy road. And there are days when you can get super frustrated. There are days that you just want to give up. And when you have a good joint venture partner, it just makes it all that much easier to stay focused because that energy can get shared and you can kind of bounce off of each other and and be able to lift each other up and have that mindset shift that's going to make the difference of you being positive or getting into a negative space. That's an important part of this process too. And I do love the sharing of costs aspect to joint ventures because to me, if you can do it, you know, like if you can afford to do an advertising campaign, if you got somebody who's willing to match funds with you, you can do two times as much. So both of you get that big benefit off of it. The sharing of costs and the sharing of time and effort and bringing your own expertise to the table. I think that there's so many reasons to do this. And it's an important piece of, of what you need to shop for in your network when you're meeting people is you need to ascertain would that person make a good joint venture partner? And then how can we further explore that possibility so that it can benefit both of us? And, and I like living in a world where that's the way we do business is that we lift each other up, we help each other, we manifest more when we manifest it together. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business. Com. See you there. Sometimes I sit down and I think that I have an idea and this is what I want to do and this is how it's going to work. But, you know, just having those outside thinkers sitting down at the table with you, I mean, it really is amazing where those ideas can go because we really can have sometimes a limited mindset around what's possible. 
and having other people sit down with you and bring their ideas to the table has just been, it's been pretty incredible. I agree. And if somebody else may know how to feasibly step-by-step -step do something that maybe you know where you want to go, but you don't know exactly what you need to do to get there. And the joint venture partner will be like, hey, I got this. I know those steps. I've done them before. I can either kind of help you figure that out and you go do that part, or I can take that and then you can use your specific, your special set of skills to be able to do what you need to do to bring this joint venture to fruition. I do want to make sure that I emphasize that that's why it's so important to be choosy about who you create joint ventures with. Because if you do get someone who is the all about me and you need to kind of do things for me, it doesn't work out as well. There's not as good of a relationship. And if one partner in a joint venture partner feels like they're pulling all of the work and the other person is kind of skating by, that joint venture is going to fail and both of you are going to be unhappy with each other. So make sure that you set good expectations with each other and that you do a lot of interviewing and talking about what ifs, what if this happens? What if that happens? How are we gonna handle that situation? How do we, how do you proceed with that? And I think that leads us beautifully into our next topic, which is creating that clarity around joint ventures. So you want me to talk about the SMART plan? Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. You know how much I love a SMART plan. So if you haven't heard of this before, you might want to grab a pen. But chances are, though, if you've been around business, any kind of business coach or consulting for any length of time, somewhere in there you have encountered the amazing SMART plan. So SMART, of course, is an acronym. And the actual meaning of the acronym can change a little bit if you Google it. But for our terms, we're going to use SMART as specific specific, measurable, actionable reason, and then timeline. So that's the, that's the way that I talk about SMART plans. That's my acronym meanings. And basically what this does is it allows you to sit down with yourself or with another individual around a specific project and come up with a really good plan for being able to create that in and manifest it. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to get really specific. And in a joint venture situation, you're going to say, this is specifically what we're aiming to do. So for us, for the podcast, it would be to create a podcast that serves pet-based equine and agribusiness. Then we're going to look at what's the measurable results of that. Where do we know? How do we know we have been successful? successful with this. And for Kara and I specifically, the measurable part of this in, in a year, we did commit to a full year of this, is to say at the end of that year, did we add either financial gain, which is something I think from the podcast itself, which is one of those things that I don't think that we saw at the beginning of this process, or did we add customers to our business that offset what we have invested in time and, and financial investment into the podcast. That's going to be what our measurable results are. The action plan is what do we need to do? And for this, we had to modify this a couple of times in our world because we got in over our head a little bit when we first started. You know, podcasting is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to hire someone to help us because we wanted to do this right. 
we wanted to do something that was going to be beneficial. That's where the brand alignment, that's where the personal asset alignment really is critical is because you want to look at it as you have this common goal and you want to produce a product with the same expectations of quality. So in the action plan, we ended up hiring a consultant to help us with that. We needed to be able to produce a show schedule. I mean, and it's all the little minutia things. The show schedule, how are we going to format our show notes? What's the website going to look like? What are the graphics going to be? What's the logo? I mean, there was a ton of, of little steps in that action plan. And then we had to really examine our why. And that's where the R comes in with the reason. Why for me is because I like to make a difference for business owners out there. And I think that Kira agrees with that. That's a common aligned value that we share. And the feedback that we're getting from the podcast is yes, it's beneficial. It's helping people. It's it's making a difference for them. And then T is timeline. So when are we going to have these things done by? And who's going to be responsible for them? Who's responsible for putting together the show notes? Who's responsible for putting this stuff up on the syndication networks? So that's just a quick little rundown example of, of what a smart plan is. And I'll repeat that. And oh, the better yet, you can come to the website because I'm going to put up a worksheet <laughs> that you can have that you can download that has this on it. And if you don't want to do that, you can just Google it. But we'd rather you come to the site because there's interesting things on there. Absolutely. And you can download it, get started. You can do your own planning. You can start forming your own collaborations with that piece on there. But the big thing is you've got to think about, like Kim said, you've got your, you know, the smart plan is just a fancy way to say, you know, you've got to have common objectives. You've got to have a plan to communicate. You've got to have realistic and conjoined expectations about what the outcome is going to be. And you've got to have a plan for the ultimate investment in the workload expectations if you're going to be successful together. And finally, how long are you going to be doing this together? Is this a short-term collaboration or is it a longer-term one? You know, Kim and I, we committed to a length of time and we'll go from there. The smart plan is a fancy way to say all of that. And it's used widely and for something like this it's a great tool so we will make sure that we've got one that's real easy for you guys to download and put to work absolutely and i'm just going to run over the acronym one more time so smart stands for specific measurable actionable reason and then timeline and if you just write those things down even if it's a quick collaboration just sitting over coffee and writing down the acronym and then discussing each one of those topics and and how you would put it together and i always recommend writing if you write it down even if it's just in an email later and sending it to that person to say here's what we talked about then you do have a lot of that clarity so you don't miscommunicate with someone and i think that's where some joint venture projects maybe go wrong is is that one person's like, oh, I understood this was how it was going to be. And the other person's like, no, we decided on this. So when you put it in writing, it doesn't have to be a contract or anything like that. Just an email that restates what you talked about so that you both can look at it and go, okay, this is, we're both on the same page. This is what I understand. This is my responsibility. This is your responsibility. And this is what our expectations are and our common goal. Then it keeps everybody in alignment 
with that and it avoids problems. Now you can formalize a joint venture relationship if it gets to be a tight relationship and, and there's a lot of money involved. Having a contractor or an attorney is an advisable situation. But for, for the basic, you know, hey, we're going to do this event together, just having it clearly written down and emailed back and forth to each other is usually pretty good. <laughs> um, that's, that's enough to suffice. So where do you look for a possible joint venture? Like, where are these opportunities for your business? Because I think there's probably a lot of people that are listening and they're, you know, working their business and they're thinking, okay, well, I've thought about doing this, but like, where do I find these people? Right? I mean, yeah, I've asked myself that question for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we put together a list for you guys of places to get you started for when you're out there thinking about, okay, so I know what my goal is. I've got my ability to do a smart plan when I finally meet with them, but where do I find these people that might be great candidates? Your equine-based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse related. Now finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at fasthorsephotography.com. That's fasthorsephotography.com. So first of all, I usually recommend looking for businesses that you utilize yourself, that you respect, that you enjoy interacting with already, and of course, that you share common goals and values. Absolutely. Look to your already existing network, to the people that you utilize. So many of us in the pet industry, equine industry, agribusiness, we tend to gravitate to businesses that have like-minded audiences to our own because we tend to all have animals, right? That's our common thread. And, you know, you, you probably already have a feed store that you work with or a pet supply store that you work with for your own needs. And if you respect that business and, and like them because they align with your values and your ideals and your, your vision of, of how that particular business should be, then that might be a good partner for you to approach as a joint venture partner. Absolutely. And then you can also look at the connections that you already have or network that you already are linked into. If you're already part of a club or a council, or if you're in a circuit of like a horse show circuit or something, or part of a, a some kind of membership organization, those are great places. You just have to do the, the legwork and get out there and actually attend the events and jump on the meeting calls and, and do some of that stuff. Cause you're, those are networks that you're already perhaps known in. So the legwork is already done on that part. So I think that's a great place to start. You just exhausted all of the introverts, by the way. I know. They just all went, Ugh. Trust me, I know. I'm one of them. I totally get it. I totally get it's it. It's okay. Just make, just. So go back yes. to, 
That episode, which was number I think one, I number think. Number one episode, and, and listen to that. But just to reiterate, so you don't have to go back and listen to the whole episode if you were there before, set a goal for yourself of I'm going to make a phone call today and talk to this person or invite them to have a Zoom coffee with me. Or, and, and now face to face coffees are back on, maybe a face to face coffee and, and discuss a joint venture partnership. You know, and when you're, if you're hesitating about a approaching someone, remember this is going to benefit them too. And you've thought that through enough that, you know, don't necessarily approach this as you're going to have to sell them on the idea. I don't think that's necessary. But remember, this is going to be a benefit to their business as well. If it's a good joint venture, it's going to benefit them. So you're offering them an opportunity that is a, is a benefit for their business. And most people are really anxious to do that. All of us entrepreneurs, we're in the same situation of wanting wanting more customers and to to get better marketing. And anytime somebody approaches you and says, hey, this is an opportunity to grow your business, you're usually all up in that. <laughs> Absolutely. You can also look to your existing customers. I have found some of the best relationships through people that I've already worked with because we already have kind of established an initial relationship. So in terms of joint ventures, being able to look to your existing clients, your existing customers, and where are their centers of influence, you know, if they're a small, another small business owner, is there a way that your businesses can work together? I think that's a great place. And then also who do they know? Because a lot of times they may have connections and can do the introduction that's needed to get you in front of the person that you'd really like to have the joint venture with. Absolutely. And then of course, you know, you've, like we've already mentioned, but you've got to get out there and attend those events where your shared audience is. So if you've got someone you're thinking about doing a joint venture with, and they've got an event happening, go to their event, say hello, pick up the watermelon and follow them, you know, whatever you've got to do to get in, <laughs> get in the door. <laughs> whatever you know, lend a hand. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you gotta do to get into the door okay pick up the watermelon that has to be a dirty dancing um, that was my reference. dirty dancing reference that yeah, was your sorry. dirty dancing reference yeah so be baby pick up the watermelon that's right oh, I love get in the dirty door dancing <laughs> <laughs> Um, So looking to your mentors is another space that you might go to those people who are in your sustainability squad, which if you want to build a better one, go back and listen to that episode on sustainability squad, but your mentors, your sponsors, other people in your network, heck, even in your advisors sometimes would make really good joint venture partners because they probably have an expertise that maybe you're your target market might be interested in hearing more about. So maybe you could have an insurance person in to talk about insurance and and then you can cross collaborate with them for for that. So you've got a lot of opportunity within your own network and then to start to look outside your network. Especially if you're a new business, you might not feel like you have the power behind you to make, you know, certain caliber connections. So looking to people that you're really comfortable with, like your mentor might be a great place to start if you're a newbie and, you know, a new business owner. And then we, you know, I, I always like to tell people social media lasts, but I, social media and Facebook groups, those are a great place too, to meet like-minded people. I always like 
caution that with, you know, we're online, we're dealing with people online. But I have to say, I've met some amazing business owners for the first time through their social media. And you can follow their feeds and you can listen to their stories and you can read their content and really get an idea of at least what their mission is. And if you have brand alignment, it's a great place to start. And then you can reach out in the DMs and start making, you know, that coffee date or the Zoom call to set up a time to actually chat further. Absolutely. The, the bottom line to this is they are everywhere. Joint venture partners are, there's possibilities just everywhere you look. And the world is very rich with them. There shouldn't be any hesitation for you to reach out to a lot of them. And there's also no bad feelings if they say, no, that's not for me. Don't take that as a personal rejection. Take that as, no, it's not for them and move on to the next one on the list because there's not a shortage out there. There are pretty much anywhere you find people that share the common thing of whatever it is you do, there's gonna be a joint venture partner in that area and just making sure that you find the right one is probably the biggest piece of advice. And if they, if someone does say no, if it's not the right time for them, don't be weird about it. Don't be, you know, upset about yeah, it. Just know that it's not the right time personal. for them. Don't be weird. You know, that it's not the <laughs> right time for them right now. But, but at some point, you know, if, if you don't burn that bridge up in flames when you're walking away, you know, that there is going to be another opportunity down the line. And maybe they just need to get to know you a little more. Maybe they need to snoop your brands. Maybe they need to, you know, ask some people who have worked with you before they're willing to commit to that interview or that face-to-face -face meeting. I mean, leave that door open and in a happy place. And at some point, maybe that connection will happen. So I always don't be offended. You know, don't be, don't be, I always, I feel like I have to reiterate because there are, you know, I think sometimes people have a tendency to be offended that oh, my business isn't good enough. And the, the truth of the matter is, is they probably just need more information right now, or it's not a good time for them. Or you're not being clear. In other words, if you approach a business that doesn't know you, doesn't know your business and, and you're approaching them kind of cold at an event or you like show up at their business and want to talk to the owner to talk about a joint business venture and um, you kind of hit them out of the blue with it. If you're doing that kind of a cold pitch, you need to have something really clear to offer them. Like, let's say you want to approach your feed store about having an educational event. Let's say you have knowledge that you want to want to hold like a like a horse owner workshop at a certain feed store. So you you don't know the owner per se, and you go in and you just walk up to him and say, hey, I would like to do a joint venture with you. They're probably gonna be pretty resistant or look at you like you've maybe lost your mind a little bit. But if you walk up to them and say, I have this really good idea that I think could benefit us both, and it involves us hosting a event at your location, and I have blah, blah, blah asset that I can bring to that. Would you maybe like to go discuss it some more? Or would you be open to talking about that? And then then they can say, yeah, I would, or let me think about it, or not right now, rather than just saying no. So have clarity in your idea when you're approaching to them. Have, have an idea of what it is that you want to do and what the benefit would be 
to them and what you would bring to the table in that relationship. And then you can start negotiating the rest of it from there. I think clarity sometimes is the most important piece of that conversation. And it, it gets people in the right mindset rather than feeling like they've been blindsided by, <laughs> by this concept that they didn't, they hadn't been thinking about. I mean, they've been, they've been worried about restocking the back shelves. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> They were were thinking along those lines. Right. And when you blindside somebody too, you're going to set them up for an initial no if they don't have space to think about it a little bit and, and digest the content that you're giving them. So... Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that resistance can happen fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so I think that's all we have for you guys today. Kim, do you want to go over the big three again? I do. So let's go over the big three one more time. Number one, joint ventures are high octane fuel for building your customer base. If you're a new business or an existing business and you're looking to expand and grow, joint ventures are a great way for you to be able to do that. Doing things with a joint venture partner means you can split the labor, the promotion, the cost, a lot of the the work of expertise of the project that you're on. So you don't have to be out there by yourself. That's that shared everything. And when you share, there's a benefit that comes to that of you can lift each other up, you can fill in the gaps, and you both end up in a better place. And then finally, our three of the big three is to be strategic about who you choose as a joint venture partner. Because it's such an important piece of your business and such a great business building tool, you do need to be mindful of who you're picking, making sure that they're brand aligned, making sure that they're going to hold up their end of the bargain, and that their business really is a good complement to your business and to your customers. Okay, guys, so it's your turn. We want to hear about your successful joint ventures. We want to get some ideas from you guys. What are you doing that you have loved? Um, who are the people that you love working beside to, you know, on a project? We want to hear about it. So let us know over on Instagram or on Facebook and the, you know, locations that we are. The other thing we want you guys to do is hop over to the website and download that easily usable, ready to go smart plan. Um, so you can put it to work when you guys set up your meetings with your potential joint venture. Absolutely. Everybody have a great week and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.